It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Jackson Moore from the Cow Bear site on the 24-7 network, as well as the Barkboard, the Fresno State 24-7 site. Jackson, how has uh, Hainer Mania been treating you this week, first of all? <laughs> oh, it's been wild. You know, it's not just uh, all the immediate attention, but even the mayor came out to practice on Tuesday and declared it. City of Fresno, uh, Fresno State football and quarterback Jake Hayner week has uh, delivered a proclamation right to Hayner's hands. So <laughs> it's been uh, definitely Hayner mania from uh, within the valley. And uh, it's been crazy to see the publicity has been getting outside of it, too. Has a quarterback ever been given a week that you're aware of before? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So after Jeff Tedford brought Fresno State from one and eleven to um, ten and four a couple of years ago, they had a Jeff Tedford day. So they had to up things for to give Hayner a whole week, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to send a text to Jacob Eason and say you may have won the job, but you never got a week named after you. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to send that to Jacob Eason. But uh, Cal Bear, Justin Wilcox is there. It seems like he's been there a while now with Peter Sermon as the uh, defensive coordinator and one of my favorite guys, Keith Hayward, coach in the secondary. What's the overall feeling of the coaching staff down there at Cal right now? Yeah, they've uh, definitely survived some losses just uh, with a bunch of turnover, especially on the defensive side. I mean, Coach Wilcox has just continually gone right to guys he knows and have a pretty impressive resume. So on paper, it looks like they've backfilled really good, really quick, losing guys like Tim DeRuder and uh, Coach Joe Alexander a couple years back. But uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a, a different team so far this year. You've got uh, an offense that's been a lot stronger and a defense that just doesn't quite look as good with whether it's personnel or, or coaching staff related, but um, it's a definitely a, got a, a bit of a different look to it. And, you know, Coach Wilcox, you know, they've improved the team year after year uh, up until the pandemic and they had a lot of positive uh, feelings from the fan base and was 9-0 in non-conference, so the first two 0-2 start to this season with some kind of heartbreaking losses is a, a different feeling than the, the uh, program is used to at this time of year. So kind of a, a, a turning point potential here with the conference slate that starts off relatively favorable outside of the Oregon game. Uh, I mean, Washington's not a, a favorable matchup, but in terms of these next six weeks, they have a chance to kind of get the ball rolling here. Tell me about that uh, Cal Bear offense. What is the strength of that offensive side of the ball? Yeah, Bill Musgrave has come in and turned it into more of a pro-style offense. And uh, the interesting thing is that they're by doing going to pro-style from spread, they are even a more pass-heavy team than they were before in the spread. So uh, it does look a little bit different. Um, Garbers is letting it fly on some deep passes. I mean, they're trying to be really aggressive in the passing game. And I feel like some of it's manufactured just because the offense has not been good uh, for the last few years and they've really struggled to make explosive plays. So 
they're trying to be as aggressive as possible. Uh, at the same time, it's pretty balanced. They're going to try and run and pass the ball pretty evenly if they can. Um, but really, the, those over-the-top passes have been what has kind of carried the offense so far this season outside of a few spurts of really strong running, but, but never fourth quarters worth of it. Chase Garbers, it's been there for a long time. Has he peaked? Has he maxed out? Or is he continuing to get better? Um, you know, the, I don't the, the 2019 his, his starting appearances were pretty special. He was seven and zero when he started and finished. And so, I mean, when you're looking at team success and wins, I don't know if it's going to get as good as that, especially coming off of a zero and two start to this season. Um, but as far as his pure passing, it, it definitely looks a lot better. The the offense as a whole in the passing game is a lot more uh, potent, and some of that is the targets he has to work with, but. Um, yeah, there's there was something about that, that kind of spread offense and the, the really good defense he had to work with that made him look, I think, more of a factor in 2019. But his arm and his ability to run the offense is definitely at a good spot uh, right now. It's just they don't have the wins to show for it. Who are those targets that he's looking at? Yeah, so they've got a, a kind of a handful of seniors and then they've got seven recruits they brought in at receiver over the past two years. And so you kind of have a clash. Um, Trayvon Clark is one of those seniors. He leads the team with 10 catches and 227 yards. Uh, and then you've got one of the young guys, a redshirt freshman, or I think he's listed as a sophomore, but he didn't play last year. Uh, Jeremiah Hunter, he's a guy from over here in Fresno who's got nine catches for 161 yards. And then they've got Nico Remigio, who's kind of the veteran of the group, the slot receiver, who usually is the deep threat. This year he's been more of the short yardage kind of guy at receiver. So they, there's a, I mean, you'll see seven, eight, nine between the receivers and the tight ends, the kind of guys that will be in and out of the rotation. But uh, those three are the guys you're going to see most consistently. Third and 12, who's he looking for? Yeah, probably Clark. Or Well, I think Clark or Hunter. I think Clark's going to be more of your straight downfield guy, and Hunter's more of a possession receiver. He's really long, six foot two. And, I mean, he's got plenty of speed as well, but he's kind of the possession guy uh, with his length. He can really go up and, and get it. Do they have the uh, deep threat to open up that offense? Yeah, the deep threat is, uh, again, it's been kind of manufactured. I think it's been more of setting up those one-on-one matchups and just letting it fly. There's been a lot of those attempts that have just fallen incomplete, but they do have a 68-yard pass to Clark. Hunter's got a 45-yard catch. Uh, Kekoa Crawford, who's another one of those guys that they'll lean on, has caught a 50-yarder. So, I mean, they've been really aggressive with it. It's just kind of, I think, more about volume (laughs) of attempts rather than the pure ability they have to convert on those. Tell me about the running backs. Uh, do you got the slashers? Do you have the big guys? Do you have the little guys? What have you got there at running back? Yeah. So um, Washington fans will probably remember uh, Christopher Brown jr. Who was the guy two oh, yeah. years ago. Um, he is now Christopher Brooks. So <laughs> that's okay. a change. He changed his last name. Big and running back at Washington recruited heavily, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And so the interesting thing there is that not only is his last name different, but he's no longer the starter. He's been passed up by a sophomore named Damian Moore, who is um, he's a 5'11", 220 guy. He's pretty good in space, but he's going to be a, a running back that goes between the tackles more often than not. And uh, just has a really good balance and, you know, he's, he's really proven why he's stepped into that role. Uh, Christopher Brown, a.k.a. Brooks, has went through some injuries last year, and uh, he might not be quite the same guy he was two years ago, but uh, definitely you see why Moore has stepped into that role. The strength of the offensive line, where is it? And if there's any shortfalls of that offensive line, where would that be? 
Yeah, I, I mean, the O-line is pretty balanced. I mean, they've had – it's kind of been a hot and cold line. You look at their first game against Nevada, uh, they just jammed the ball right down the Wolfpack's throat the first two drives, long running drives, ate up pretty much the entire clock and took a 14-0 lead. And then they can't run the ball at all in the next three quarters. Uh, you've got the same thing with TCU. You know, it's a lot of hot spurts where they gave Garbers time to throw. Then you've got a bunch of empty drives where they stalled kind of in the middle. So, I mean, just as a team performance, it's been pretty back and forth. But personnel-wise, you know, they're down a few guys more than they anticipated. They had some uh, medical retirees and some injuries in the offseason. Uh, it's still not an inexperienced group by any means, but – um, it is a group that has kind of been a patchwork uh, over the last couple of months and it should be, a, I mean, it looks like a formidable group. They've been able to, to run the offense pretty well. It's just, they've been having trouble putting together 60 minutes. Washington is definitely going to try to run the ball this coming weekend. And uh, on Saturday, 630 kickoff at Husky Stadium, weather expected to be nice, but uh, how well will Cal be able to stop that Washington running game? We'll cover that and more when we return. I'm Kim Grenolds along with Jackson Moore on dogman.com. We are back. I'm Kim Grenolds along with Jackson Moore from the Cal Bear site as well as the Bark Board. And are you really going to change the uh, name of the site for Fresno State to Hainer Mania? Really? Come on. <laughs> not, not quite yet. We'll see what happens in a couple of months. <laughs> you should have done it for a week. They named the week after him. You should have done it for the week, Jackson. <laughs> But anyways, uh, Washington, I'm expecting Washington to try to run the ball because I think that there's some uh, defensive backs back there, especially with uh, Keith Hayward back there coaching the corners. I think the run game might be there. Will the run game be there? Will they be able to stop it? Yeah, it's uh, it's almost a little bit to be determined, I think, on Calzone because they haven't seen many teams like that. I mean, it's still early in the season, of course, but Nevada, you're talking about Carson Strong, a quarterback who's looking like a top 10 pick by a lot of people and a lot of receivers, that was a pass-heavy team. Even Sacramento State, they played last week and was a pass-heavy team. And then you've got TCU, which was a real dual-threat spread rushing attack. And that rushing attack really had its way with Cal, especially they've got a five-star running back over there in the backfield who had 22 carries for almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then the quarterback who almost rushed for 100 yards himself. So that was a, a challenge for the Bears I think when you look look at the Cal defense and think about what they've been in recent years, the front seven has definitely taken a step back. I mean, when you're talking about an All-American like Evan Weaver and you've got uh, Kwani Dang, who was a big-time recruit, he's hurt. It looks like he's probably not going to play this week. Um, they've lost a, a couple D linemen. Their best D lineman, Brett Johnson, got in a car accident over the offseason and is not playing this year. Um, so there's a lot of still guys that – even though they played last year, Cal only played four games. They, these guys only have you know, between two to six games under their belts or three to seven games under their belts, realistically. Uh, a lot of sophomores on the D-line, um, some young linebackers as well. So it's a group that uh, still quite hasn't proven itself. And I, I think it's a big reason why you see a lot more points given up this season than, than you used to see in a Cal defense. At linebacker, Kwame Dig. Ding is obviously the best guy back there, not expected to play. How big of an impact is that going to be not having Mr. Dang? Yeah, excuse me, Coin Dang. Uh, Dang had, um, it's a big loss. I mean, he was supposed to be the guy that replaced Evan Weaver last year, and he really did that. And then they decided to move him to outside linebacker. I'm not sure if um, that is a deal to that they thought was best for the defense or if it was kind of to prep him for the pros to keep him around for an extra year. 
Um, so we haven't really gotten a good taste of just one game of how much his impact is at outside linebacker. Uh, really, Cam Good has um, been more of a factor at that position uh, as of late. So, I mean, losing Ding, uh, it's, it's big just because there's not a lot of depth at those positions. Uh, Braxton Croto is going to be the guy that probably steps in again there at, at outside linebacker and um, not, a, not a bad option himself. But uh, Dang is really kind of the star power of the front seven. And regardless of what position he's at, not having him is, is pretty brutal. With the secondary, I don't even need to ask. I got to imagine that's got to be the strength because I think Keith Hayward is just an outstanding secondary coach. Is that where the strength of the defense is? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, they took some shots against Nevada that, that they missed, and that's a really, really good uh, passing team. So that's to be expected. But you know, And then even against Sacramento State, the Golden Bears gave up over 400 yards passing. So it's been kind of a, a funky start for the defense overall. But personnel-wise, they seem to be most well-equipped in the secondary. There's a bunch of seniors, extra guys that stayed for an extra year and I mean, they've got a lot of experience and a couple of young, talented guys that are pitching in as well. So, I mean, on paper, that should be the group. Um, I, I think it's starting up front has been hurting them a little bit. And uh, they've tried a little more nickel this year and to get more of those secondary guys on the field, but quite haven't found the, haven't quite found the right recipe for that, that whole defense yet. I think once they do, the secondary will, will have a chance to shine a little bit. But th- this is also a secondary that's lost three NFL draft picks over the last two years. And even though they've got some experience, uh, they are lacking a little star power there. Keith Awards teams, you know, just, you know, from playing corner, playing safety, his guys are known to get physical, get up in front of you, play with an edge, grab, hold, you know, as much as they can get away within the rules. Same Keith Hayward type of defense. Now, you know, that's the other interesting thing is that Hayward's here, but he's coaching the outside linebackers. They got Trey Watson, who's another familiar name for y'all right. in the secondary. And so, uh, I mean, a little bit of a, I mean, a, a gap in experience and, and uh, just overall coaching resume, of course, between those two. So they're putting a lot on the younger guy. And um, again, it's a group that, I mean, Hayward inherited uh, if Ding was healthy, uh, as good as it gets at outside linebacker. And you're seeing you're seeing that early, but uh, Watson's got a little more of a, a work in progress, both on the field and recruiting wise. So it's going to be a big opportunity for him. Yeah, interesting. I wasn't aware that he was coaching linebackers. He's still involved in the secondary. I promise yeah. you, he's still in that room. <laughs> he's also supposed to chip in on the nickels, so uh, there's <laughs> a little bit of that there. Yeah, it'll be good to see Keith. He's just one of the truly good guys out there, so uh, be good to see Keith. Cal and Washington, it's uh, been an interesting series over the past several years. There always seems to be some weirdness. Yeah, I mean, it sure does, and I think part of it has been – defense based and Cal doesn't have that defense. I don't think this year. So I'm not sure what to expect really. Is it going to be more of a, an offensive type of matchup between these two or what, you know, I, it's hard for me to tell, but I think what, however it flows, it's going to be a tight one. Yeah, no, it was lightning. Was it lightning last time? And <laughs> Jake Hayner throwing a pick six, Jake Browning getting, getting benched, uh, you know, going all the way back to Marshawn driving the the uh, <laughs> driving around the field, almost running into people. God's play with uh, you know Steve Sarkeesian. It just what is it about Washington and Cal Jackson? Something weird always happens, and you know it's going to happen again. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm relatively new. I mean, I've had a couple of years now covering Cal, but um, just the way that the last couple of games have gone, it really seems like Cal has gone into those with a chip on their shoulder, playing ranked Washington teams and really trying to get that 
kind of statement early season win and there's just been games where they've played evenly and I think got caught the breaks at the end. So uh, it's going to be a, a different kind of environment, I think, for this season with uh, two one and two teams that are really trying to get the ball rolling and uh, are going to be equally as uh, hungry to win this one. Well, don't hesitate, Husky fans, to go over to Bear Territory on the 24-7 network. Jackson does a great job over there, as well as the Bark Board, otherwise known as the Hainer Board for the next, <laughs> who knows for how long. So, uh, anyways, Jackson, thanks for jumping on with us, all right? All right, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Jackson.